Tired of being baffled by healthcare policy? McGuire Woods Consulting presents Complications, Health Policy Unraveled, your solution to the policy puzzle. With our host, Stephanie Kennan, discover the ins and outs of healthcare policy and gain insights crucial for providers and investors. Let's simplify the complex together. Welcome to Complications, Health Policy Unraveled. I'm Stephanie Kennan with McGuire Woods Consulting. Today we're going to take up the issue of the federal debt ceiling, also known as the debt limit. It is not strictly a health care issue, but how Congress does or does not deal with it will impact Medicare and Medicaid. The House recently passed a debt ceiling bill, but with sweeping budget cuts that are not normally attached to a debt ceiling bill. The Senate Democratic leadership said it's dead on arrival, but then they scheduled hearings in a variety of committees to discuss it. But these are not the normal hearings that Congress has. These will be designed to let people know how bad those budget cuts are from the Democratic perspective. It will be all about messaging. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer also made a procedural move to put two competing debt limit bills on the Senate calendar. One is simply to suspend the debt limit through 2024, and the other is the House-passed Republican package. Putting the bills on the calendar doesn't guarantee a vote on either one of them but it does serve a purpose to get them listed. President Biden has invited the House and Senate leaders to meet with him and the White House on the 9th. Senator John Thune, part of the Republican Senate leadership, said the only thing that can get 60 votes in the Senate is something negotiated between the president and the House Republican leadership. It is going to be a bruising war of words until Congress as a whole can figure out the path forward. What is the debt ceiling? The debt ceiling is the legal limit on the total amount of federal debt the government can accrue. In our personal lives, it would be the equivalent of maxing out every credit card limit for every card you have. It applies to the approximate $24.3 trillion of debt held by the public and the roughly $6.9 trillion the government owes itself as a result of borrowing from various government accounts like the Social Security and Medicare trust funds. In the past, Congress would raise the debt ceiling without much fuss, whenever the Treasury said we were getting close to the limit. That started to change several Congresses ago. So how did we get into this mess this time? The debt ceiling was last raised in December 2021, and it was expected to last at least until January of this year. On January 13th, Secretary of the Treasury Janet Yellen wrote to the Congress to inform them that the debt limit would be reached on January 19th and that the Treasury would begin to use extraordinary measures to avoid defaulting on the government's obligations. She said that those measures will keep the government afloat at least until early June. The extraordinary measures Treasury began to use are redeeming the existing and suspending new investments of the Civil Service Retirement and Disability Fund and the Postal Service Retiree Health Benefits Fund, and suspending reinvestment of the Government Securities Investment Fund known as the G-Fund of the Federal Employees Retirement Thrift Savings Plan. Congress has provided Treasury the authority to take those kinds of measures. If and when the debt limit is raised, those accounts will be made whole. So what happens if the debt ceiling is not raised? Once the government has exhausted all available extraordinary measures, it can no longer issue debt and will run out of cash on hand. At this point, incoming funds would be insufficient to pay the daily obligations of the government as they come due. What this means is that government contractors, people who receive payments from healthcare programs like Medicare and Medicaid, would not be paid 
and un- or under the best of circumstances, those payments would be delayed. Social security checks would not be issued. The government essentially defaults. If the situation dragged on for weeks, it could harm access to health care services for everyone, since so many providers rely on Medicare payments. For the economy as a whole, interest rates for treasuries could increase substantially, and we could see rates across the economy follow. Credit could also become tighter as institutions with large holdings of treasuries see them decline in value. So where has Congress been since the Secretary of the Treasury sent her letter? It is not uncommon for Congress to wait until we start to exhaust the extraordinary measures before raising the limit. However, this year we have a more complicated set of circumstances. We have a Republican-controlled House, a Senate that is controlled by the Democrats, and a Democrat in the White House. That means the Republicans want to change how we handle this. Earlier this year, the House Ways and Means Committee reported to the full House a bill, H.R. 187, the Default Prevention Act, that would direct the Treasury to prioritize payment obligations using a five-tiered payment structure if total debt subject to limit, statutory limit, is at the maximum. Under the bill, the Treasury could issue debt that would not be subject to the statutory limit in amounts that would be sufficient to meet obligations for the first tier of five tiers. That first tier is public debt, Social Security, and Medicare. The second tier would include payments for obligations of the Department of Defense and the Veterans Affairs Department. Tier three would include payments for obligations not in a designated tier. Tier four would include payments for certain federal employee union activities, executive branch travel, compensation for the president, vice president, and some political appointees. And Tier 5 would include compensation to members of Congress. As I mentioned in the beginning, the House recently passed a debt ceiling limit bill that contained sweeping cuts. It was a battle within the Republican Party caucus in the House to get to that vote, and it passed very narrowly. Four Republicans joined Democrats in voting against the legislation that serves as the House Republicans' opening bid in negotiations on the debt limit. When it comes to health care, the legislation included work requirements for Medicaid and also for SNAP recipients. Work requirements is a policy most Democrats oppose. The Trump administration permitted work requirements in Medicaid waivers, most notably in Arkansas, but the Biden administration has rejected that concept. The legislation the House passed is likely to be the high-water mark for this approach, including budget cuts, along with the debt ceiling. The Senate is not likely to go along with the sweeping cuts or the policy changes. The House Republican caucus politics are complicated. Some members declared they are not interested in voting for anything less than what is in the Limit, Save, and Grow Act, the debt ceiling bill. Others in the caucus forced changes at the last minute, for example, softening language that would have changed tax advantages for ethanol in order to get their vote. Some Republicans believe that the threat to the economy is so great It opens the door for someone to create a compromise, even though it will cost conservative votes. House Democrats have made it clear they are willing to talk about spending, just not on the debt ceiling bill. With time slipping away and the Treasury reaching the limits of its ability to pay the nation's bills sometime in June or July, Democrats believe that some Republicans will begin to panic about the potential economic and political fallout if the government were to default. They calculate that this would allow a clean debt limit to pass. The threat of default has always spurred resolution in the past. Democrats also say they can try to employ what is known as a discharge petition to force a consensus debt limit bill to the floor. They would have to get enough signatures from their side of the aisle as well as Republicans to force such a measure. Some believe nothing will really move until the financial markets begin to respond, 
threatening the investments and retirement savings of Americans. So right now, no one has a plan B or a compromise or a path forward. So by voting on a debt limit bill with sweeping policy changes and budget cuts, the House Republicans have set up a long and arduous period for the next few weeks as the Senate and the House try to figure out what to do. It will require the House to vote again on a debt ceiling in the next few months should a plan appear. As we have seen in the last several efforts to raise the debt ceiling, getting Republicans to vote once on a debt ceiling bill has been hard. A second vote for this House will be even harder. Stay tuned. That wraps up this episode of Complications, Health Policy Unraveled, presented by McGuire Woods Consulting. We hope you've gained valuable insights into the healthcare policy issues we discussed today. Follow us in your favorite podcast app and never miss a healthcare update by subscribing to host and J.D. Supra's number one healthcare author, Stephanie Kennan's Washington Healthcare Update at mwcllc.com. And if you found this podcast valuable, please share it with your colleagues and leave us a review. We always appreciate your feedback. To continue the conversation, send us an email at healthpolicy at mwcllc.com.